If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns and I'm joined here by Halima. How's London? It's, it's good, actually. So for those of you who don't know, um, I have made the move to the big smoke. Tem- temporary move. Temporary move. Temporary. Temporary. Don't worry, em- Carlos. Emphasize I that. Am, I am coming back. <laughs> Um, but no, it's it's good. So basically, like I, the, the place that I found, like I know I spoke previously on the show about how difficult I was finding it, like finding a place. But I did find a place eventually. It's a five bed like refurb house. Like it's nice, it's modern. Um, and I was the first person here. Mm. Yeah, like, you were saying you had a whole like house to yourself, basically. I had, I have, I had like the whole house to myself so i've been here for a week and like this past week i've literally had the whole house to myself um a whole five bed house which is in london which has been amazing um and then yesterday one person moved in and that's it right now it's literally just me and this other person how many bathrooms is it out of interest five beds three bathrooms okay so even when everyone moves in it's not going to be that stressful then it's calm yeah it's calm but like i have really been like I just can't believe I've got such a good deal. You know, people struggle so much with... Especially how- you as well. I literally, you were there like days before you were meant to be going to London. Like, I literally have nowhere to live. Like- no literally, like, last minute, it just worked out very well. I always land on my feet. But, yeah, no, I've just been enjoying this space. Like, literally enjoying a whole house to myself, um, which I'm just not used to because my house is so all the yeah. time if you have um, halima on instagram then you'll see all the antics that goes on inside her literally house. <laughs> it's actually a madhouse so like i've been enjoying the peace and quiet um and and um yeah so the new flatmate came yesterday and then um after him there's literally there's no one i don't um, think you know what it is i think my landlord used to live here i think this was their house they got it refurbed and i don't think they're doing like that much promotion to like do you find Do they want to live in it again themselves, just with other people? Or no, I don't think so. No, no, they've moved. I think they they moved to like Cambridge or somewhere. No, oh, fair um, enough. What just? I, I don't think they're that on it. But I mean, that's brilliant for me. I'm not sure. Like, like we did have viewing today. Um, like some some people came to see, and I was literally like, "Shall I just sabotage and just tell them like it's a horrible place to live? <laughs> Landlord is terrible. The area there's like a stabbing every other day." I'm thinking maybe that should just be my like strategy now because I I think I've gotten very I've been very spoiled and I've gotten very used to just having a whole house to myself. So true, but I suppose you have to think that if the spaces don't get filled, then I wouldn't put it past the landlord to therefore increase your rent to make up for that. Oh, I really hope not. She seems very nice. To mm. be fair, she seems very very nice. Like the place is very well kitted out you know like mm. she like literally today she sent us a Amazon Fire Stick to the house. Wow. You've like, really struck gold there. Where where is it in London? I really again? think so. Touch wood and you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm like landlord's pet, you know, because I was the first person <laughs> here and like you know, I've been telling her like because obviously they live in Cambridge and I've been telling her like, you know, I'll do your viewings for you and stuff because I'm at home most of the time. Mm. Um so I've really been brown nosing my landlord. So you've been giving off your responsible one vibes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I'm landlord's pet at the minute. Well, well, whereabouts in London is it again? North London. I'm in Tottenham, okay. which you know what? Like I love. I I I always say like I feel the most comfortable in ends, like anywhere where there's high crime. <laughs> 
that's where I that's where I feel at home so yeah I've really enjoyed I I really enjoy like being here and it's all just like it's all just ethnic people fair enough well I'm glad that move's gone well for you and well I hope I hope it continues to go well but not so well that you end up being like well I'll just stay here permanently because no I don't think I will I don't think I will I do need to come back my mum wasn't happy you know what oh my god so like my parents aren't that happy that I was moving out anyway and my sister's moving out the same so I went last weekend and my sister moved out that same weekend my mum just like she was just literally moping about the house crying Mm. all day like literally just walking around crying to herself but then surely so obviously like in the traditional like south asian or like um of the main religious cultures anyway traditionally it would be that the daughters when they if if they marry someone they would then move out and live with their family so surely when she's had four daughters she's had like what 25 years to become accustomed to the fact that okay if I'm sticking with what I know, they are they are all going to leave. You know what no, I mean? That's what they're pre- they're preparing for, but because it's not for marriage, that's why. Like, if it was for marriage, they're like, mm. we've done our job as a parent. You know, like, we're just leaving for whatever reasons, and that's why. Like, for her, it's just really a dagger in the heart. Yeah, but like, you know, Asian moms like are just so dramatic. Marriage, like, career. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> get a grip. Like, seriously, get a grip. Oh dear. But yeah. in other news, um, I know you said you were watching Stranger Things, so we, we don't want to give any spoilers to anyone, but so you're halfway through, right? I of- love that show. I mm. love you know what's I, funny as well is i remember you saying about how oh no remember, i saw the tweet that you said about you not knowing like songs from like the 80s and stuff i was thinking that's so like must be such a weird experience for you like watching a show like that that like uses so many like classic western 80s references and you're just like oh, i don't yeah know. no a lot of it does go over my head i'm not gonna lie yeah but i do love um it's still very like it's it still feels strangely evocative you know what Strangely. i mean like, that <laughs> part of the fun you know that um that like 80 sound but i just love the show you know i just love it i i just think it's such a brilliant show yeah i Honestly, feel like, like every single episode i will literally sit there and i kid you not every five minutes I'm like god i love this show yeah god i love this show I feel like that it has got a lot of um, criticism in regards to of I think the first two seasons were like a lot more like darker than the last two in terms of like general like vibe like the first two were very much like sci-fi and then I think with the third season especially it went a bit more like um like look okay, at it's played like a bit more like a comedian add a lot more like comedy into it and it, it's like they oh, yeah. they know what buttons to press but I personally I don't really mind I that great balance. yeah I don't mind that it's like evolved and it is what it is now and I know some people say as well that the stuff that happens in it it's a bit like it is like a lot but I'm also like you're literally it's it's sci-fi like it's obviously not real <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, I anything can't, like, can happen. season four like volume one mm. it's, it's a horror it's a horror yeah so many people when all, yeah all of that, that started happening yeah at the was, end of the first episode like when the first death happens yes yes literally yeah. when they were when she was <laughs> dying she died yeah i was literally like this this is stranger things like this is a horror movie Mm. Is it actually a horror movie? Like I was shook. 
But um, one thing, have you watched all of it? Have you watched both? Have yeah, so I finished now. Yeah. Okay, so I've watched the first one. The second one I'm saving for tonight, right? So this, I'm, I want to make a prediction, right? Right. Yeah. And this is this isn't spoilers or anything because yeah, it's, it's not a prediction. It's my, yeah. My prediction. Okay. This is my prediction. I am extremely terrified that Steve is gonna die. Don't give anything away. Yeah, I'm not gonna give anything away, but yeah, I, I've seen a lot of that online. Like, like, like people li- are worried. No, you don't understand. <laughs> like when I'm watching the show, I'm catching so many like death flags mm. about Steve, and I can't lie. Like if Steve dies. Like when I was watching it yesterday, there was like five death flags in the, you know, um, volume two first episode. And I was watching it with a friend. I was literally like, if Steve dies, I will, firstly, I will vomit. <laughs> then I will go out and like punch every single person in the street. Allegedly. And allegedly. Opcom <laughs> will be hearing from me. If Steve Harrington dies, Ofcom will be hearing from me do ofcom monitor netflix i don't know i don't don't know but they will the problems that i will create at ofcom hq Mm. i'm terrified i he's i love him he's such a beloved character had such a good like character Character. like honestly in the first season he was such like a a bad word basically he was so so you know he was supposed to die in the first season really yeah, like that's what he was like a Barbara type character, like a side uh, character. They were supposed to kill him off in the first season. Um, and then I think the writers just liked him so much. And then when they saw like the audience reaction to him, I think they just they kept him. And like he became a main character. He was actually supposed to die. But that's just testimony to yeah. Steve's like, I just love him. No, he's just a resident babysitter. I'm so I'm terrified. I can't I might take like bereavement from work. <laughs> If Steve dies, oh. you guys, I will not be in for like forty episodes. Yeah, I, w- I won't say anything about what happens in season, not in not season, in episode two of volume two. But what I will say is, it does take you on like a very big roller coaster. Like, there's a lot going on all at once. Like, it's yeah, so it's finally like they've they've been building up. They're all in different places, and like especially, I think episode one was uh, of the volume two was very very much a builder episode. Mm-hmm like the now they're all gonna reunite hoppers and um 11's reunion or will they get to meet up or will they who knows (laughs) no i'm just i'm just throwing stuff out there i'm not saying anything (laughs) oh they will probably they will yeah we're gonna play a bit more music in a second but before we do that just wanted to ask what are your thoughts on that obviously because they split it into the volume one and the volume two like yeah. i think i get why they did that from like a marketing perspective because it's like everyone's been talking about it throughout the whole of june whereas yeah, if they cool. just released it all together they would people would have talked about it for like maybe like may half of june but now it's like pretty proper it's been three months i'm spanning across three months basically however in terms of the actual story obviously like i've seen all of it now i'm a bit like i feel like it didn't like it didn't really make much sense in terms of what i this i feel like they i i feel personally like they should have just released it if if they cared about it 
as a collective sort of thing. I feel like they should have just released it all together. I don't see the point. I mean, I, I see, like I said, I see why they did it, but I'm just like... Yeah, I think it's because it's a show. Like, more than anything, like, it's a show. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And um, I think sometimes, like, obviously Netflix is great. It brings us a lot of good shows. But sometimes the difficulty is that you lose the, like because things are so bingeable you lose sometimes like the suspense building yeah. across the actual actual like season mm. um so i think in that way like it was i'll have a better idea of my opinion once i watch the second episode but in that way i've actually enjoyed it i've enjoyed the suspense i've enjoyed the build-up especially because like shows like stranger things like that are so always so highly anticipated it's like they drop and then it's like a couple of years and then they drop again yeah. and it's like you get that one kind of hit of like dopamine <laughs> when they drop for the first time but i think doing it this way it's kind yeah. of it does give you something to look forward to but not um making you wait for like ages you know yeah. it really wouldn't be the same if they like release like one episode a week sort of thing like it wouldn't it wouldn't yeah, yeah. yeah. like i can you imagine like for example there being like adverts between like Bit, bits of episodes i like, just it wouldn't work it's so suspenseful you need yeah. they they need momentum like a show like that they need momentum they i don't think it would work you know yeah. and even like the bingeability of it it just wouldn't work yeah agreed right well i'm looking forward to seeing next week what you think of it we should also have josephine with us josephine you there i'm here Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks for having me. No, it's pleasures all ours. Hello, Halima. Where have you been? <laughs> Sorry, I was setting up the Amazon Fire Stick and then I forgot and the quadruple was like, quickly, you're on your life. Sorry, sorry. Hi, Josephine. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. That's so. Uh, it was a little intro. Yeah, yeah, because obviously I don't know that much about you so please just tell us a little bit about what you do that sort of thing yeah so i currently work for a conservation charity in london and i'm finishing my master's at oxford um i study biodiversity conservation and management so i'm hoping to talk a little bit about the relationship between colonialism and the climate crisis and how we got here basically mm-hmm. yeah definitely and josephine for our loyal fans <laughs> Is the um, the sister of Mang- of the the friend of Mango Masala Martin? So uh, yeah, we've got another woman in the house today. Yeah, but don't worry, we'd have everyone. There's only two of us, so <laughs> <laughs> next week we'll have Tina on. <laughs> oh yeah, you could have Tina on. Uh, but anyway. But um, before we get into just talking about colonialism and the climate crisis in a bit more detail, um, just want to talk a bit about what's going on in Bangladesh at the moment, um, because I think that's sort of how we've ended up talking about this in general. Um, so for those who don't know, there is a lot of flooding going on in Salat in Bangladesh, um, Halima. I know obviously that's where your roots are. So do you want to yeah, just tell, tell us about it? That's where I'm from. Um, So Bangladesh is actually like, a lot of people in the world don't know Bangladesh apart from know it as a place of like poverty and just constant like climate devastation. It's like, it's very, very, very flat, um, the country. So it's obviously prone to a lot of flooding with rising sea levels and excessive rainfall and things like that. And this year, so in the north east of Bangladesh um, was really, really um, impacted. And 
kind of the thing that I want to highlight about it because obviously like being from Bangladesh there's, it's like every year you know every single year there's flooding um, 80% of the country is actually floodplain right um, and it's something like 90% of people in the country are exposed to some kind of like climate devastation um, but to talk about climate devastation in Bangladesh and to, to do that conversation justice what you actually have to have a conversation about is climate injustice um so bangladesh obviously it's a very small country we are one of the most densely populated countries um we do have quite a large population of people um but we do not emit anywhere near as much um what's the what wait greenhouse gases so like our greenhouse gas emission is is like disproportionately low so america for so we for example the average person in bangladesh emits 0.5 metric tons of co2 per year in the u.s the average person emits 15.2 so that's like about 30 times more so it's countries like america for example rich countries in the west that are disproportionately emitting CO2 emissions and then it's countries like Bangladesh that are paying the price for it um, so yeah I think if we're going to have a conversation about um, climate devastation it has to be kind of rooted in that um, that disproportionate relationship and also kind of that relationship with colonialism which I won't say too much about because we do have Josephine here to talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. yeah I mean Going off what you've just said, a few days ago, the Supreme Court in the US actually, um, I don't know the exact name of the law of it, but they recently put something in place which basically gives each state the right to decide how they're going to conduct their climate policy, how laws will work in their own country, as opposed to having the US as a whole have laws go out. And I think that feeds into what you're saying. The US is one of the largest emitters on the planet. They're the second largest. Um, China is the first. Um and people in the states and the states is they're not really committing to the climate um goals that they've set out to or that we've promised as per the paris agreement um in 2015 several countries they all got together and they said you know one of the things they said was we should be giving 100 billion dollars per year to lower middle income countries to help them um adapt to climate change and i think that's something that feeds into the whole thing because if countries in the global north were committing to that countries like bangladesh would now have something in place that could support the people but we've massively failed to meet that and i think that as well feeds into the whole colonialism thing um the climate crisis is a byproduct of colonialism we wouldn't be here if not for the european age of enlightenment this age of reason where scientists from about in the 17th century started going to different countries and thinking oh this is interesting this is nice this exploitation of the land this exploitative nature is why we're here one of the biggest drivers of climate change is this take 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 from the land and from nature and we're at a point now where we're feeling the impacts of climate change right now they're not future they're not 2050 well you know we have to do things before then it's happening right now and it has been happening um, and it is it is a byproduct of colonialism, and I think until we have that climate justice conversation, until we acknowledge the history, we can't really move forward. And people are going to keep suffering, and it's it's really just a devastating thing. Um, and people are unwilling to have that conversation. Um, I think we can all guess why they're unwilling to have that conversation, but you know that that's why we're here, really. 
um yeah I think, I think as well like something that i find quite difficult is i understand like everyone all of us we do have a, um a, a personal responsibility right to kind of help meet global ca- uh, climate goals the difficulty i find is then when kind of people become so um laser focused on smaller things like plastic straws and and all of these things which do make a difference but actually like from what from my understanding it's the big corporations right like when millionaires and billionaires are taking private jet planes as as their like normal mode of travel and um places like amazon and um you know cryptocurrency now are, are kind of like burning down absolute rainforests to build warehouses and um and 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 corporate co- corporations are um polluting the sea and, and and all of these things for me personally i do wonder like how far is it is it a distraction tactic you know is is saying telling everyday people like use a paper straw and recycle and things like that which i do agree we should be doing anyway but is that not a di- diversion tactic from the actual conversation and the actual like accountability that needs to be had i think individual action will always help but i think the individual actions that we're being told to do and the ones that will actually be beneficial are very very different using paper straws okay yes there's going to be less plastic in the ocean it's not going to end up in turtles noses which is obviously a great thing but the individual person it doesn't matter how much you cycle or if you go vegan if someone like elon musk wants to go to mars every month it, it you just can't combat that individual action that is actually meaningful and beneficial is who you vote for and holding those people that you vote for accountable demanding that the climate promises that they've made are met the individual should be protesting when our politicians are not doing what they said that they should and individual people should be shopping um consciously consumerism is one of the another big driver of why we're here um the climate crisis fast fashion for example i think a lot of us know that this is a huge problem with respect to climate change and biodiversity loss um just that nature of buying things keeping up with trends if the individual person wants to tackle the climate crisis it's who you vote for it's holding those people accountable and it's using your money to vote as well in a sense like what you buy is a huge way that you can actually influence change um obviously it's great to cycle and it's great to eat less meat and yes let's all please stop using single use plastic like that's definitely enough but it is it is a diversion tactic in a way because it's making people feel guilty for their small little mistakes like using a plastic straw because let's be honest like paper straws are really jarring like no one likes them like they just they don't work um but if people are thinking you know i sh- i should cycle to work i shouldn't drive today they're not thinking about the people who've flown a private jet today once you feel the guilt of the climate crisis you're not thinking about what everyone else is doing and yes you should be thinking about your own actions mm. but it's this big it's this bigger problem it's this wider issue and the people that want you to be focusing on your own actions and just getting on with doing these small day-to-day activities these are the people that have also benefited from colonialism in the past think about elon musk and like where he comes from yeah. and his wealth and his ability to now be where he is people like that don't want you 
to hold them accountable for what they've done. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, for example, that nature of taking from the land, stripping forests, cutting down trees, emitting carbon just to get overnight deliveries from Amazon. They don't want you to see that they are colonizing nature. That's so and true. It's so true. Like actually when you think about it and you think about like what colonialism was, I think at the root of it, it's, it was a sense of entitlement, right? Like mm-hmm. entitlement from a land and its people. But literally that is the story of colonialism. It's, it is white people from the West going over to these lands and, and, and claiming their stake when there actually wasn't a stake to be had. And a lot of people would look at that and be like, oh, okay, so because colonies don't exist, like we don't have colonialism, but we have colonial attitude, right? And we have like mm-hmm. um, colonial mindset still. Um, 100%, like you said, someone like Elon Musk, what Josephine was referring to, he is a South Af- or white South African. And, you know, we don't need to go too much into the that story because if you know, you know. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it is, it is these billionaires who think that, they out of everyone else in the world out of out of the seven billion people and and countless trillions of animals that they share this planet with they are the people that actually um have the right and have the entitlement to a disproportionate number of resources because i don't know the figure but i know that it's like a minuscule percentage of people in the world that control wealth and resources yeah it is it's i think it's genuinely something like the not not percent people it's a shockingly small i mean the amount of people who are in charge of what goes on could probably fit in a medium-sized room i think you'd actually be very very surprised if you saw the people who have the power and saw the people that were able to make the change if they wanted to but it doesn't suit them yet um and i think when we're having the conversation about colonialism it's really important to note that like colonialism and capitalism are two sides of the same coin and they feed into each other so heavily and again that's that's why we're here that's a huge problem and even coming from a conservation background like there's this there's this call for the green economy um trying to fix problems with what caused them in the first place thinking if we just greenwash everything it'll fix things but it, that's that, that's not the solution i think degrowth is really the solution but again degrowth is at direct odds with colonial ideology because it's the expectation that you can take more and more and more, exploit more and more and more, gain more. Mm-hmm. And whoever loses out, loses. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It, it's, it's, this, it's, an, it's a system that requires um, chaos. Yeah, yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. And like be- before just now, I said, oh, the, okay, people have this idea like colonies are over, but we still have colonial mindset. Actually, I want to take that a little bit further and talk about... Um, it's a it's a more of a philosophical question about to what extent has the world actually been decolonized when there are still structural continuities that allow people like musk and bezos and all of these billionaires from the west to still have material stake in former colonies um and i'm thinking everything from like you know the cobalt mines in congo and and the kind of like like literal slave labor that that necessitates you know and then like who Apple is an American company, you know? So once again, like colonialism might have been over, the colonies might not exist anymore, but there was still a, a, structurally, 
there were still apparatuses in place where people from the West were able to go over to these places um, that are rich in resources um, and wage wars where they didn't have apparatuses in play. I'm talking mm -hmm. about the war in the Middle East, you know, in Iraq and things like that. Um, yeah, I think that speaks a lot to actually how how structurally the world was never really decolonized because no it's just it's colonialism it took a new form it right, it, it changed its face maybe it changed its name but it's the same tactics are at play mm -hmm. the same players are involved the great great grandchildren of the people who did it before are doing it now yeah. and we're starting to feel the impacts yeah. i think maybe 200 years ago there was i think globalization as well is a big thing that has meant that we are able to really see the impacts of climate change because you know 200 years ago you don't know what floods are going on here you don't know what droughts are going on there you don't know what wildfires are going on there but when you see it every day through social media you're aware just how big of a problem this is right. but it's a problem people aren't willing to talk about but yeah it's it's the same structure and it's a structure that requires that we the general public dismantle it um we can't keep doing the same thing we can't go further into the tunnel thinking will come out it's it's time to turn around a little bit um acknowledge the history say that was that was terrible we need to stop taking from the land we need to give people their land we need to put structures in place to support people who've already felt the devastation of the climate crisis um yeah it's it's just still there yeah i think you're to question like what it's, a, it's a, then a, a kind of conversation about foreign relations and diplomatic relations and what is America doing in the Middle East and and why what is America doing in the, the mines in Africa and all of these things. Um, actually, I think we need to start questioning those things as well, right? Like questioning yeah, the presence. Sorry? No, we definitely do. Yeah, questioning the presence of these people in, in, in countries of the global south. I think it's especially um, sad and I ironic as well, like in somewhere like Bangladesh, which obviously we're talking about fast fashion and the links between capitalism yeah. and consumerism and colonialism. And obviously Bangladesh, I believe, is like one of the places with the highest concentration of like warehouses for these fast Recording fashion stopped. brands. Oh. For these fast fashion brands. Um but obviously it's ironic because the negative effects on the climate are then affecting these places which are being utilized by the west to actually enable yeah. this, this continuity of consumerism colonialism etc yeah, but in those ways like bangladesh really is just one big warehouse terrible conditions and there is that it's just being used for for like slave labor um, and in that way how is it different to an actual colony like all they've done, like Josephine said, is maybe like change the name, change the face of it. But when you actually look at what's going on, how is it any different to a colony? It's still been absolutely exploited for labor and resources, and it's still disproportionately bearing the effects of capitalism and and um, imperialism. Mm -hmm. So how is it? How, what makes it a non-colony? The fact that they have their own government, you know, but really do they? Uh, is even a question in itself. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's it's not different. Mm. it's it's not it's not different um and i think it's, it's it's not different and i think that too many of us have 
been tricked into believing that it is. Um, yeah. I think that glob globalization, it means that we should be able to be trading fairly and supporting each other. And, you know, the global north owes a huge debt to the global south because where we are now, if you think about a country like England, for example, who is able to make strides to towards reaching climate goals in theory, if you think about how many people now can buy electric cars or even those electric scooters that people seem to use quite a lot, like all of these things, these are affordances that we were allowed because we had more time to develop because as a country, England took resources from other countries for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And now if England wanted to completely go net zero, actually meet that goal, they would meet that goal because yeah. we now have the means to do so because we've exploited for hundreds of years. A country like Bangladesh, for example, how does a country like Bangladesh develop and how do we do that equitably whilst considering the climate crisis, we can't because... I actually never thought about it in that way. Like I never thought about how how becoming, you know, like net zero or reaching climate goals in itself is actually a luxury and how that actually has been yeah. by the theft of labour and resources. It is. And it's the thing of, we had the benefit of using coal to grow and develop for years before we knew the impacts of it. Um, but now that now that we all know, you know, fossil fuels, carbon emissions, all of these things are extremely negative and we should be avoiding them. That's we're privileged in that we now have this information. Most people already done it. So we can I mean we're not stopping doing it. England isn't. This is all hypothetical. This is yeah. England even wanted to reach climate goals. If they wanted to, they could, because we have the privilege of having developed to a point prior to this knowledge about the actual impacts of fossil fuels but yeah development um having, so many, sorry also having the capital to put those infrastructures in place as well yeah because now in in the uk most new buildings so like all of the new builds that we're seeing um most of those are net zero homes most of those are just neutral which is obviously a great thing for the planet but that's not a luxury that's afforded in lower middle income countries yeah. um and it's because they're behind. And the reason they're behind is because we push them back. Mm. Start line, if we all started at the same time, there would be opportunities for trading and for fair development, but that's not what happened. Countries mm -hmm. are starting 400 years behind, expected to now meet modern day practices and expectations. And it's just not, it's not feasible. Yeah. Like how, how, how would you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, so just to wrap this up then, Josephine, um, what would, and I used kind of saying before, but what would your kind of like closing remarks as a conservationist be on, to the, to the general public on what you think we need to be doing in our day-to-day? -day? I think in the day-to-day, -day, the, the mitigation behaviours that you mentioned before, like the straws and the cycling and the cutting down meat consumption, those are all extremely important. And I, I don't think that, people should stop doing those things because they do help. But I genuinely believe the most important thing that you can be doing is voting and holding the people you vote for accountable continuously. Mm. If that means stand, standing outside number 10, shouting, please shout, Let, let's start yeah. flogging politicians because really and truly like disruption is kind of how change happens. I'm not saying let's all riot, but we, we, it's not even that we don't have long. We, we've, we, we've run out of time. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe here in England, maybe here sitting in Oxford, you know, it's own, it's quite nice out today. I haven't run out of time, but people people have. There's floods, there's droughts, there's wildfires. Yeah. Hold politicians accountable, flog them. Yeah. Flog yeah. them. Yeah. And cycle more, I guess. Yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe carpool. Mm-hmm. But, but realistically, yeah, hold people accountable. By the way, just yeah, is it metaphorically? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, not in a colloquial term. I forget that. <laughs> I get in trouble for it all the time. Metaphorically, if I'm yeah. listening, yeah, um, just vote smarter, shop smarter. Yeah, one hundred, one hundred. And remember, it is actually before anything, like Josephine said, a political conversation. Yeah, everything is everything is political. Yeah. yeah. And people want to forget that, but it but it is who you vote for and what they're doing, um, and trying and try and keep engaging with climate news. It is it is difficult sometimes. I think we scientists do need to do a better job of communicating. Um, but best you can as an individual, try and keep involved in what's going on. IPC IPCC reports, for example, try and just if you can, if there's an Instagram account that does really good jobs of like summarizing um, what's going on climate news wise. Try and keep try and follow them, and day to day, just do even one small mitigation behavior a day will help. But yeah, most importantly, politics. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Do you want to just let people know where they can find you on socials and that? Yeah, um, my Instagram is at underscore just Josephine underscore, and then on LinkedIn, um, it's Josephine Uema. So if you want more of um, like actual sciencey stuff that'll be on my LinkedIn. And I also have a Twitter, which is again at underscore just Josephine underscore. Sweet. Well, thank you again. Yeah, and thank you so much for coming in, Josephine. It was lovely yeah, to thank you for having me. Thank you. Good uh, to speak to you guys. Yeah. Me thank too. You. Hopefully we'll see both you and Martin again <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get both family. bye guys see you Josephine Halima am I correct in thinking you're leaving us now as well I am I am so cool stuff you know what this is actually such like I'm enjoying this This is like a varied episode like spoke to you speaking to Josephine just now I'm going to speak to Simran next I know it's like a little selection box yeah yeah I'm enjoying it well I'll catch you um I'll see you on Friday for our little plan yeah guys we've got some special Eid content Either with me road content coming up. So stay tuned for that. And if anyone out there is listening wants to be interviewed by us, Wimsor Road on Friday, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll like there. nine, ten o'clock around then. Yep, we'll catch you guys. I'm joined here by Simran. How are you doing? Hey guys, what is up? I am tired. You know what? Does the weather suck in Manchester as well? Because it's awful here. Uh it's alright. It's not too bad. It's like really, really, really heavily raining right now. Really? Yeah, really badly. Mm. Well, we're meant to have a reputation for that as well. Well, um, for, for those yeah. who don't know, Simran doesn't like Nottingham. <laughs> She's always because, complaining. Uh, I'm just in a bad place right now. Not mentally, it's just Nottingham. No. <laughs> I just like, it's just such a random place in the UK. You know, I think it's, I think it is like the actual Midlands, Midlands. It's because it's very much like, it's just a bit far from everything. And people yeah. think they're Northern here as well. Um, clutching at straws. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's just a random place in the UK, like annoying. And like now, the majority of students have left. Like it's only like really postgrad people that are left or weirdos. Um, so it's even weirder. Why don't you go do so? Like, I'm sure there's like a Robin Hood museum or something like that. I like your trousers. Thank you. No, the shorts. Yeah. Oh, they're wavy. I was not expecting yeah. pink. You're welcome. Nice. No, it was part of my pre-Glasto shop. I really like these. Like, I like towel material, so I got like quite a few of these, like Puma ones. Are they comfy? Yeah, it's really comfy. I really like them. Oh, I it. Yeah. So how are you? I'm good. Um, obviously, got a lot to spill. So obviously, for those who don't know, I was at Glastonbury this time last week. I feel like I need like an air horn. I was at Glastonbury. And yeah, for someone who doesn't really like festivals or people or crowds or, or noise... Uh, uh, no i wouldn't go that far but yeah sometimes yeah basically me i'm a bit of a recluse but glastonbury is it's good okay like i can definitely say i'm glad i went i had a good time um i do think the fact the weather was really good throughout the whole weekend um means that i like i think that did help a lot i feel like if it rained it would be like a lot worse managed to get a little bit of a tan on my face you though. are tan yeah but i got something on my face though it's literally like everywhere else like pale still <laughs> but um yeah not complaining in terms of that and yeah no it's just such a variety of music um I think someone like you, Simran, like I know you said you like you like part life. I know you're really into your music. I feel like you should like try and go some point in your life because I think you would enjoy it. The one mm. thing I would say is that a lot of walking. It is so big. <laughs> like compared, to part life is maybe like I don't know, maybe like a twentieth of the size, probably smaller. Like what? Yeah, like it's so big. Like, so... Because in park life, like, we did, like, 30,000 steps a day. Honestly. Oh, it's fair. I looked at my friend's, um... What's it called? My friend's, um... Yeah, yeah, Apple Apple thing. And, um... They had done, like, 45,000 on average, I think. But... Still a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe I've forgotten how big park life is. But, honestly from what i've seen it just it was it's just very very big like you it's like how do i describe this it's like the size of a small village or me normal sized village like you just a one park it's it's all it's a it's a farm so it's just loads of like things but it's like it's it's hilly as well like it's loads of different sections and it's like if you want to get somewhere because there's so many people as well you need to like plan it it's not like i feel like at part life you could be like oh i want to see someone on the main stage and then at like a dance stage or something i can literally just i can dip and make it like it's fine you need to mm. proper like plan like okay it's gonna take me oh. at least like 20 minutes to get there like partially because really? it's so long yeah like it is i'm not i'm not like, underestimating like that is the one thing like it's a lot and me like i was kind of like you know what i don't have the patience for this and also because i don't really enjoy like going out anymore so like when the other people that i was with they like 
kept because obviously there's stuff going on at night as well so that every night they were out like partying that sort of thing oh. I, I i was like no i'm i've done enough walking today I've got where did they go out there's there's loads of different like club like it's essentially a club but it's like open there's loads of different spaces like it's it's constant that's what i mean it is good like there's something for everyone you can do yeah. whatever you want like it yeah. is it is really good in that respect um highlights in terms of the acts for me um so dj minara who has a slot on asian network every saturday evening so she'll be on this evening i think so check her out if you can i think she'll be on um she's really really good like i really like what she does on the decks then friday sugar babes <laughs> oh let's go <laughs> you know like the original lineup as well like it, it was just it they put them in like too small a tent there were so many people apparently they had to like say like we can't let any more people like in the area because like so many people turned up to oh, see no. sugar babes yeah so they were really good um joy crooks was really good as well um aj tracy brought out h that was cool <gasps> did um, they do rain yeah yeah, yeah just oh rain my together. god yeah and who else paul it's cool to see paul mccartney obviously because he's like a beetle and that so many people this is the thing right obviously glastonbury is like different over festivals like part life i feel like i feel like even you simran would probably be old for the people that are there maybe like it's a lot more like younger oriented i did get that vibe and a lot of people warned me that a lot of people are underage in park life Mm. so i was like ew is it gonna be full of like actual children Mm. but everyone we spoke to was older than me okay everyone was like 24 25 26 like yeah that maybe that's just the people we got lucky and spoke to but like pretty much everyone we spoke to was at least 23 sure but still like a young target audience definitely for like part yeah, yeah. like reading leads that sort of thing glastonbury is uh-huh. different because you have like i i saw like at least 20 people who were over 60 guaranteed that's crazy like, i like obviously because you have like like more like classic acts like diana ross and paul mccartney people are going to go to that like like they, they want to go to that but then you also have the fact that like all these younger people like someone like paul mccartney they're like oh like i should go and see him so paul mccartney was so packed like honestly like it was so busy because he was on the main stage and it was is different because the other two nights the headliners were billy eilish and kendrick lamar and both i was of just gonna them, ask about billy eilish yeah so like both of them like they were both really good obviously but like in terms of the crowds they were so much smaller than paul because paul you've got all the old people and all yeah, the young people yeah. coming because for um for kendrick i know that was the same time as in pet shop boys so i know that like, obviously all the old people are going to want to go see that like because i wouldn't have minded seeing pet shop boys but obviously like kendrick like it's probably yeah. yeah um but yeah kendrick was really good as well like i i still it's not really like my like vibe like the, i i can appreciate i can appreciate like it like the way that he raps and stuff. i was thinking about this on the drive here i was like what am i gonna say um but like i think I get why people enjoy that, but I just don't really enjoy listening to him, if that makes sense. But, like, watching yeah. him perform was an experience in itself, like, because there was all these, like, artistic metaphors and all this. Oh, yeah, I forgot. My standout moment was on Saturday when saw so Olivia Rodrigo, obviously, and she brought out Lily Allen to sing F.U. Oh. 
it was That's the it. biggest curveball ever. I was like, what? Yeah. And it was in response to Roe v. Wade. They were like, I was going to say, yeah. I think I saw something about it on like maybe Instagram or something. Yeah, no, that was because that was so unexpected. And like, yeah, that was really good. I was going to say, I saw like a couple of things of that kind of vibe, like the Lily Allen thing. And then there was something else. Was it the, the president of Ukraine? came oh. and like had a chat with no, everyone Greta did I, was like, I saw Greta I was like, th- why? I, I, not the president of Ukraine I saw Greta Thunberg she was there yeah, <laughs> yeah. and by also okay I definitely could be wrong on this but I'm, I think the president of Ukraine had like a video message for the whole of Glastonbury I wouldn't be surprised to be honest and no, I was just like yeah. I get it but like why are we politicising Glastonbury mm, well me and my friends were talking about this in general and I think like Glastonbury in general is very much like it's it very much likes to label itself as sort of being very much like left leaning left wing that's and what like I'm being saying. very like politically charged but then we were saying like considering how massive it is and how much money gets pumped into it it's impossible for it to truly be like like rooted in like left wing politics does that make sense I think it's a bit like champagne socialism sort of thing going I, on. I agree I agree with what you're saying but I, what I'm what I'm trying to say is like I think the, being making a political statement somewhere like Glastonbury, you're talking the majority of the crowd probably agrees with what you're saying if you're like left leaning. It's true, but if I'm being honest, so Greta came on right before Haim were meant to play, and when uh, who? Sorry, Haim were meant to be playing. I don't know. Like the the you know the girl band trio, the three sisters, they were meant to be playing, and she came on like at the beginning of this line i think she was late coming on as well and um the people surrounding me seemed to kind of just want to get on with things which it, we were just talking about this in regards to um like we, we were, before you jumped on we were talking about obviously like um the climate crisis and like what can we do and like obviously it mainly lies in the hands of people who have like loads of power as opposed to the average person but Yes, I feel in that respect, I feel like people kind of don't really like being lectured in a sense. Not that Greta was mm. not that Greta was lecturing them. She was just trying to I can get I, I, I can see both sides of it because obviously she has to rile people to actually stand up for themselves and do like vote for the people that you want to actually make change sort of thing. But on the other hand, I feel like a lot of people are kind of like, why like I feel like it almost pushes them the wrong way. Like, you know, like when they say like how you shouldn't like like be have a strained relationship with your kids because they're just going to end up doing it worse you should kind of like for example like something like drinking alcohol you should like have it with them so at least they're doing it under your watch sort of thing it's Uh sort of like a similar idea to that i think yeah i i I, yeah i I get what you're saying like i feel like if i was somewhere like a festival that i was like came just to like enjoy music and like the vibes and stuff and then like Greta Thunberg comes out of nowhere. I think I just be a bit like, this is really random. I mean, I think I'd be like necessarily annoyed, but I think I'd just be like, this is so weird. I mean, I was kind of like, I was a lot nicer than the people around me because yeah. there were people around me who were just kind of taking the piss, taking the Mickey a bit. Apologies for that. Taking the yeah, Mickey I think a, bit. a lot of people. I think a lot of people like would just find it kind of funny and not really. The point would just go over their heads. Also, a lot of people aren't sober at these places. Yeah, I think yeah. you're preaching to the wrong crowd, is what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, true. I, I think also she maybe could have kept it a bit shorter. Like it was like, oh, was she le- there for a while? It was like a long like, wedding speech. It was like ten to fifteen minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, another thing about Glastonbury, I can't remember who it was. It might have been the Billie Eilish crowd. Um, I saw it and it was huge. So, oh, I get what you're saying about the size of like Glastonbury, probably compared to another festival like Parklife, but huge, right? Like, I the crowd was insanely big. But then I was like say you wanted to see someone after a certain act you'd have to get into the crowd like hours beforehand right if you weren't a chance of being anywhere like near it depends because like it depends like say if you wanted to see say if like just for example it was the main stage and olivia rodrigo was on right before billy eilish you can expect mm-hmm. that obviously the same people are going to stick around mm-hmm. but for some acts it's like you might have like um crowded house who are like a 80s like rock band um followed by aj tracy and obviously knowing that respect like so i think it's all about planning really but yeah you are right in terms of like you kind of you need to be strategic in terms of it definitely yeah the crowd was huge well, yeah, if you thought Billy was huge, you should have seen Paul. It was, it was. And you know what's mad as well is obviously when you get there, like, because we got there on, we got there on the Thursday. I think a lot of people get there on Wednesday, but the main act, acts on the main stage don't start until Friday. So like mm-hmm. that, like obviously no, no crowd is standing there looking at anything because there's nothing going on. But it looks really small. And then when you see how many people can actually fit into the one space, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Wait, but so did yeah. you camp? Yeah, you have to, well, I think you, I think you can do hotels, but like, yeah. So how was that? It was, no, it was good. Like, I think we were really lucky because none of the people I was going with, none of us are campers, like none of us are inclined that way, but we had somewhat, we knew it was a friend of a friend was going on wednesday we had to go on the thursday because we were getting the coach and that's when it was leaving so the friend of a friend very nicely agreed to take tents for us and set it up for us so nice. we were yeah we were really look we just rocked up with our stuff and we're like well, oh that's so kind of them <laughs> yeah no it was really good and honestly we would have really been in a bad place if not because when we got there on thursday they were saying to people like yeah pretty much everywhere is like full like it's really hard to find space so that's why people go like 6 a.m on the wednesday trying to get in like it's it's mad like bloody yeah. hell is the is the is the camping area separate to the like concert bit then so this is the thing like obviously part life isn't camping but when i went to leeds it was very much like the camping was all like sort of together and it was like it was more like red zone yellow zone whatever like it was kind of like a few fields like far away and then you kind of walked and then all the stages were kind of in a similar area whereas this it's like the, you you can be camped like right next to not right next to it but within very view of like a stage like there's obviously specific spots where you're meant to camp but you can be like for example us we were really lucky like we literally it was it was far away from it because we were like on a hill sort of thing but we could see like the pyramid stage that's the main stage from where we are so like if you like wanted to like listen to someone but you didn't really care enough to go down there you can do that so 
but yeah, it, it it's just a lot. Like it's it's a it's almost too big for its own good, sort of thing. Like yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like if you're gonna do it, you definitely need to be prepared. So I'm kind of lucky that like we had like so many like leg ups throughout the w- way, sort of thing. Like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is you like having an epiphany? Because I feel like such a weenie. I went to park like and I came back like a different person. I was like, my life has been changed forever. Yeah, park life, you're equivalent. And it's, equivalent it's, literally, of a, it's literally just park life. It's just <laughs> your equivalent of a gap year, isn't it? Like, cheat, found I yourself. Saw, I literally saw, I saw bicep perform glue and I was like, that was like, mm. I'm, a, I'm a new person. I'm like, I've been reborn. Um, and uh, because I think, like, I'm not, because I didn't come from it being like, oh my gosh, I want to come back. Honestly, I don't know whether I will ever go back because it's a lot of effort to actually do it all and to get tickets in the first place. So I don't really want to take that away from someone as well who would like want to be there more than me. However, it's like it was just overall like a positive thing. And it's like it's Glastonbury. You know what I mean? Like it's like it, it's cool. However, there was one major negative thing that happened, which I think is a testament to how good Glastonbury is because this happened, but it didn't change. Like, um, yeah. like I, I still came back like, yeah, it was a good time. Like so, your overall experience. Yeah, like the overall experience was yeah. still positive, yeah. So, um, like I said before, all the rest of my people kept like going out and partying all night, and I was like, no, like I'm, I've, like <laughs> I don't really enjoy going out anyway, and my feet hurt from like um, going out in the day as well, and also I feel like sometimes you have to have certain kind of energy to keep on going. Take from that what you will, but I do not have that energy, so um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go home. Um, every night so on i did that on thursday and then friday um i it was after billy eilish finished i was like yeah i'm going <laughs> i'm going to my tent i'm gonna get some food i'm gonna sit by the tent and then i'm gonna go to bed um and i did that um went to bed um in my tent um by myself obviously um Everything was all zipped up. I had my phone with me, my portable charger, put it to charge next to me, went to bed, wake up the next morning, my phone and my bum bag gone. So obviously, and like obviously you think when you wake up, you're like, well, sure, surely not. Like, sure, like, like, how has that happened? Like, I can understand, like, if I dropped it walking around or something, but like to actually it be gone from inside the tent, which was zipped up. Like, so clearly, eventually it became clear that someone has come into the tent whilst I'm asleep to- and unplugged my phone from the portable charger because they left the portable charger behind. <laughs> oh, that's kind <laughs> of them. Know, yeah. Um, I took the bum bag and scarped So, yeah, it just became apparent that that's what happened. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's just mad because it's also like, how did I sleep through that? <laughs> like, when I- you... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was like, I must have thought it was the person who I was sharing a tent with coming in or yeah. something like. When you said that your phone got swiped, I thought like out your pocket in the middle of a crowd, or out your bag or something. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, no. I had no idea it was in your tent. That's crazy. Yeah. And it, this is the thing as well. Like it, what, what happened? It has to have been calculated, right? Because yeah. you don't like, you don't just go around like randomly going into tents. Like, 
th- there are so many tents around, right? If you're going to go into a tent, you're going to choose one that you know, like, is empty or you know something is there. You're not just going to go around every tent being like, hmm, is there a phone in here? Oh, oh, okay, there is. I'll take that. So whoever it is that took this clearly probably saw that I was by myself and then went to bed and, like... I don't know, which is, I think it's maybe almost a good thing I didn't wake up because if someone has the audacity to actually come into the tent, knowing knowing that I'm in there, like, to steal a phone, I think they would probably be ready to throw hands if I actually woke up and was like, what is going on? Uh, So, I can't because that is scary that is it's kind of like a different level of scary and that like it's not someone just like taking it out your pocket and running away. Yeah. you know threatening you and asking you it's like they you were asleep <laughs> yep i was asleep As, i think but the the positive thing about this was at least i was able to be i think this was why i was able to be like happy for the rest of it because i was like okay there, there was absolutely nothing i could have done like if yeah. i'd lost it while i was out or if i dropped it or if someone had nicked it from my pocket i would have been really annoyed to myself because it would have been like oh like i should have just yeah. put it more secure i should have kept it how i can't have been any more secure i was literally in bed with it yeah, next yeah, to yeah. me i put it to charge like what could i have done so yeah spent the rest of the weekend phoneless which was an interesting experience in itself yeah um I think I was gonna ask how was that it, it was fine like I think I kind of just it is what it is sort of thing like and I think it was maybe also good um because like you know me with like mango masala stuff as well like I'm constantly like on my phone like doing this that the other it was funny one of the last things I did on my phone was I'm I, I like pre-made a reel so that I could at least post oh something God. whilst I was there so I posted that oh on, my at, God. Least I got, at least I got to get posted before my phone got nicked but um yeah no it's kind of in some Anything ways it was for the nice. engagement yeah but in some ways it was kind of nice to maybe be on a phone however i was gonna say it must have been quite nice oh i was gonna say the plot thickens oh, right no. so i get back obviously I'm, I'm without a phone for like the whole like time i get back from glastonbury on like monday monday's when i get back and i like go and like find my iphone oh, like yeah. on my laptop apparently so my phone got nicked on um, in the early hours of Saturday morning, so Friday night, Saturday morning, yeah? Apparently, on Saturday evening, my phone was back in Manchester. I, I, so I saw it, I was like, no, that has got to be a glitch. Like, first of all... Of all places yeah, it could have yeah, been. Obviously, first of all, of all places, Manchester. Secondly, the fact that it's managed to make it from Glastonbury all the way back to Manchester in the space of a day... Before you... Yeah, exactly. Because also, like, the thieves, they're not going to leave, are they? You know what I mean? Like, they probably stay and, like, get as much as they can. Like, that you're not going to pay however much, like, it's at least, like, 500 quid, like, overall for a Glastonbury ticket. You're not going to pay that much, like, just to steal one phone and then go. So I was really confused. But anyway, on Tuesday evening, I went to, like, the location of it, which was kind of in this, like, like, in sports pitches like in south manchester this is the thing as well it's like it's literally so close to like where i live and stuff so i was literally like oh, yeah i was going around this field like with with um um my fiance's phone like trying to activate find iphone were you like, alone at, at that point yeah but it would it, no, it, you're brave it it was in the middle of a field so i was kind of like if it's still there it's just going to be on the ground you know what i mean yeah like so i was just kind of going around like that um 
I did have like I, I I think when I couldn't find it in the field I was like okay it might be in some of the houses but I was like obviously I'm not about to go and knock on people's houses and be like have you got my phone mm. but anyway so that was I couldn't nothing happened with that and then yesterday apparently my phone is in Bury. So like North Manchester, so I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to keep looking at the updates and hopefully eventually whoever's got my phone slips up and then I'm able to like be like, got you, go and get it. Use your platform, Carlos. What, what, like anyone out there um, <laughs> who c- finds an iPhone 12 Pro Max and to be fair, it says like, um, it comes up saying like email gurnsmail at gmail.com so like oh yeah. yeah maybe some like hardcore dedicated manga masala fan finds your phone like it yeah. goes on like a like a revenge mission to find your phone <laughs> anyone out there wants to do that please do because this thing I've so I, obviously I had to get a new phone like I can't live without a phone yeah, like you need yeah. it but like obviously I would like my old one back I probably would like maybe give this to Mayanka and then like use that because it's like I don't know. It's just it, it. It was a Pro Max. You know what I mean? Like thirteen. It's like later, but it doesn't quite cut it. You know? Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, I still have like an iPhone ten or whatever this is. Like, yeah, that's what my uncle's. So I was on an iPhone eight until January, and then I got the, ooh, then I got this twelve bah, Pro Max. Bah, bah. That, that's why it was so annoying because I bought it off my uncle's brother for like five hundred pounds, and obviously it's worth way more than that. So, yeah, 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 annoying. But like. We can have, we can probably talk about it like next week or something. But like, if it had happened to me, Touchwood, like if that had happened to me, I would not have been as like blase. I know it's like oh, in that situation, what genuinely could you have done? But like, I just would. I think I just would have been a wreck. I can't function without my phone. This is I see what I don't understand because I'm someone who maybe has a reputation for like kind of having like not meltdowns but being a bit unpredictable in terms of how i'm going to react to stuff and getting quite stressed sometimes and everyone's like to me like how are you so calm like i would literally be so annoyed i was i feel like but again because it was took from me rather than like i feel like i would maybe have been quite hard on myself if there was anything i could have done but there literally isn't anything i could have done yeah no literally yeah it is what it is, but yeah, it the plot thickens. Let's see if there's any updates for my iPhone. Well, they're messing with the wrong Manchester resident. Yeah, but not everyone would go and like look in a random field for it. <laughs> the actual, the actual. I don't know if the irony is the word, but the coincidence of it being Manchester and not anywhere else in the whole of the UK. Yeah, this is the. It's it, crazy. It's literally, like it's showing where it was on like um. Saturday, like literally, like so the phone is where it was on Saturday. That's crazy. Like, I don't that understand. That's crazy. Why? You're like not like it could it could literally be anywhere in the UK. It yeah. could be in Scotland, and it yeah. decides to be twenty minutes away. If there's anyone listening, in the words of Liam Neeson, I will find you. And I will not kill you because Ofcom will be mad at me if I say that. But I will get my phone back. back. (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway, I've literally gone about my phone situation for like half an hour. Um, What else has been going on, Simran? Tell us. In terms of the news. Oh yeah, I think you were off when it dropped, but what do you think of the new Drake album? I only like four songs on it. Mm, because it's like house music right those, 
and even those i'm not that keen on like there's only two out of those four that i like actually like listen to probably like every day just because i've been in the gym and stuff I just put it on in the gym um it's okay for like a surprise album it's fine I, it just it's one of those things that drake really could do without in his discography like it's just unnecessary none of those songs are necessary none of those songs really contribute a whole lot to like music as a whole or the r&b scene or, or the pop scene or whatever right i just it's fine it's it's very wholesome it's very innocent it's just i don't know i don't, I don't think it has much of a place i'm not saying it's a bad album i just think it we could do we could have done without it can we just talk about the artwork as well like why <laughs> just kind of all of it even yeah. like from the, from from the title of the album i thought it was going to be like very hardcore like rap future vibes like trap music and that kind of stuff that's why i thought it was going from the um track list and the title of the album and the cover art mm. and stuff not house i was i was going to make a comment which was a bit harsh and i was going to say it had no cultural impact but i suppose it does in that it just shows that drake can kind of do anything and i'm not saying he can do anything and be good at it though he kind of can but he can do anything and get hits because mm. he's great but, but i love drake i'm not gonna lie i mean everyone seems to be jumping on housing at the moment have you ever heard the new beyonce song yeah that confused me mm. yeah I, I i like it but i, I wasn't like wow at it but i'm like kind of like yeah i for me right now music is not hitting mm music is really not hitting at the moment I kind and of, there's nothing that out that i enjoy yeah. i'm listening to really old stuff at the moment uh some of the stuff that we play on the show i do really like each week to be fair some of it definitely yeah i think like the mainstream music scene is just so oversaturated at this point that like drake dropping an album a doesn't hit anyone like it used to like five six years ago mm. and b if it's an album like the one that he's just dropped like i said it doesn't con contribute much yeah like it's, it's, we we so could have done without it we so could have done without it yeah i mean has it i mean obviously i know i've been like glastonbury in that but i haven't really seen it make like when he dropped which one is the one with all the pregnant people on it uh, uh certified lover boy yeah so that yeah. one i know obviously we said that some of the songs in that were a bit like they're just doing it for tiktok sort of thing but at least they were sort of like memorable memorable things from it whereas this one i'm kind of just like i don't know there's like considering there's only four songs that i find that i could listen to like outside of my first play of the album and out of those only two of them i actually like mm. kind of bad oh well and i'm and i'm like a loud and proud drake fan i'm not i feel like a lot of people hate drake to be like edgy i'm not one of those people i love drake it's shameless yeah I'm sh I'm ashamed of, yeah, I'm a shameless Drake fan. But this album did nothing for me, I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry, Drake, for listening. <laughs> Don't love you. He's definitely listening. <laughs> um I mean, the other news that we got to talk about is kind of like sad, not gonna lie. I mean, obviously, condolences to the f um, family of Zara Alina, who was um, sadly murdered, they're saying, um, in East London over the weekend, I believe. Um, again and she's like the 16th person 16th woman mm -hmm. to be killed in london um since in 2022 
so what's that we're officially into july now so that's half a year so that's like two women a month no no no, no that, why, why can't i do maths right it's 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 like two and a half women per month yeah basically so yeah i mean we've talked about um gendered violence and stuff before um but yeah it's it's just it's just it 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 saddens me so much i'm like obviously massive massive condolences to like the family and friends um it just makes me realize like there is such a big problem in this country and we think that the uk is an exception it's not you know and then even we can even look at oh we're like oh even even out of all the developed nations we're not developed by the way um we're not we're not um the worst because look at america no but we're still bad when yeah, it comes to racism, gendered violence, no, of course not. Crime, like, just because, like, oh, I don't know. It's just, it just it annoys me. And then, like, you know, you speak to like men, <laughs> and they just you, be saying you mean stuff like, like, "Men speak to you," or like, like, yeah, like you just have a conversation with any like straight male. You're an exception because you were actually written by a woman, but. In like in like the you know the lovely sense of that the saying like he was written by a woman because you were yeah I'll I'll take it sure <laughs> uh, like you know like the typical bro yeah. dude kind of man crypto <laughs> and Jim <laughs> yeah mm. yeah um that vibe of like oh but men this but men have you know no 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 it's not equal for men and rah 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 and I'm like you don't understand people are literally getting murdered like it really really annoys me and it's like at the most basic level women are not safe women are not protected women are not looked after like it's just not fair on so many levels and then these you know the growing number of women that get added to these like horrible horrible cases i keep going up by like nearly three a month at this point just in london alone it's terrifying women women are not safe and we have to take so many precautions and even still when bad things happen we're still blamed why was she walking alone at night or wearing this or drinking so much you know Mm. like it's just it's very frustrating it's sad to see you haven't really come that far since like the days of like maybe like the Yorkshire Ripper when obviously I know there was a big thing because um, the curfew was imposed on women rather than on men which if you think about it it's they knew it was a man that was committing all okay. these murders and yeah they're asking women all or stay indoors sort of thing like why mm-hmm. are why are um, this particular um, gender being forced to um what's it called contain themselves and mess around with their lives because Mm -hmm. someone out there is um yeah just being not i'm I'm, yeah i I, i'm finally really hard not to swear today but yeah you get the idea (laughs) but like have you seen this stuff like it'll be like i don't know like like a tweet or like an instagram post and it'll be like if you woke up in the body of the opposite gender what would you do and all the men who would wake up in like a female body would say like very largely like sexual sexual based stuff or like silly very like trivial things or like say that they would go and flirt with everyone or like you know whatever and then all the women most of the comments are literally just like yeah i would take a walk at night time with your headphones in yeah like that is insane how much that is taken for granted it's funny well not funny but obviously that's the main um message behind the kate bush song running up that hill which obviously is yeah oh yeah yeah um 
congrats to Kate Bush and we were talking about Stranger Things before is actually. that because of Stranger Things yeah 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 100% like it was basically it was used at a really like pivotal point in this I watched, series I don't know anything about Stranger Things yet except I watched it through Gogglebox <laughs> well, you haven't so watched think, any of I it I think I know no I don't, I don't know what it's about I just know there's like aliens and monsters and that but so two things number one I watched it through that because it's a girl and she goes into like a different world, right? Yeah, basically. She's like floating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then number two, I thought Stranger Things was for children. I thought it was for like 11 year olds, like tweens, yeah? It was scary. <laughs> I, 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 and I only watched it through Gogglebox, yeah? I didn't even watch it properly. And I was scared. You should watch it, like, especially because the. The second part of season four is dropped yesterday, so. But it's like it's like it's like it's like it's like horror. So, I think the first couple of seasons are manageable, but a lot of people found this latest season quite scary. But like, <laughs> but no, it's it, <laughs> it, no, but it's it's worth it's worth it. It's really like I really like it. Like it's good. They've only got one more season left. Is it finished then? No, so like they're they're doing one more season now, probably in like a few years, and then that'll be it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like we can probably speak about this in 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 depth in the future episode, but like things aren't hitting the same. There's no TV shows that I can really tell you that I'm watching. I haven't even I haven't even watched a new season of Top Boy. Yeah, which is I've, weird for me. For you, yeah. And Peaky Blinders, I got into never finished it. Um. Like, not TV's not hitting, films aren't hitting, music's not hitting. I don't know what it is. Kind of entered a bit of a state of numbness. Pardon? Kind of entered a bit of a state of numbness of just... Yeah, do you think it's me or do you think it's everyone? I, I think it I, I ultimately is going to be you because it's kind of like it's it's to do with your tastes and what you like sort of thing. Yeah. However, I would use it to your advantage because you are meant to be working, Simran. On that note, we're going to round up today's episode. I hope you've done your one hour of work today. Three hours, actually. I've been three hours now. Three I'm, hours. I've been, awake since, I've been awake since six. I got to Starbucks at eight. Well at done. Like to 11. Well done. Thank you. I'm going to do some one hour, and then I'm going to watch Love Island. Oh, yeah. <gasps> we need to watch Love Island next week. Yeah, next week, because we're literally about to run out of time. But, oh, yeah, because next week um, we'll have um, Casa Ramor to talk about as well. Oh, <gasps> when does that start? Oh, that's a spoiler. Sorry, no. It, they they've literally just gone yesterday, but it's like oh, no, don't tell me, don't tell me. I'm like three episodes behind. Okay, yeah, but yeah. Okay, okay. Apologies. <laughs> Nothing. Nah, you can though. kind of figure it out. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny actually. They all knew exactly what was happening. <laughs> like, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. right. I'm going to finish with this track from Mystery called Late Night. Thank you, Simran, for joining Thank me you today. Very much. Listening to me rant about my phone. I loved it. You're welcome. We need more episodes that you just tell stories. You're very good for a storyteller. Oh, thank you. Right, well, I, I wish it hadn't happened to me, but there we go. Um, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Mango Masala Radio, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.